Welcome to the Captain's Coach Podcast. I'm the founder, Ben Smith, and we are excited to bring to you today the second half of our interview with Dr. Nate Zinzer, sports psychologist at West Point. In this episode, Doc Z discusses what leadership is, the characteristics of some of the best team captains that he has witnessed, and some actionable steps that coaches can take to develop leaders in their program that creates a competitive advantage for their team. I hope you enjoy. You are listening to the Captain's Coach Podcast, where we provide top insights into sports leadership to inspire team captains to lead their teams more effectively and help coaches to systematically develop and use them. Now, here's your co-host, Luke Poulos. you have a favorite way that you've seen coaches create intentional experiences to develop leaders on their team? Maybe this is something small that that programs may do or some fun way that you've seen them uh, intentionally um, develop leaders in their program. Well, the the establishment of, you know, a leadership council um, within a team that can include you know, the captains who have the title of captains, but maybe a couple other influential individuals. Um, you know, I think in any, in any team, especially when you get to a team of 30, 40, 50, 60 individuals, mm-hmm. there, are, there are a lot of roles to play. Um, and not all of those roles necessarily will be uh, performed by the people who have the title of captain, uh, you know, knitted somewhere on their, on their shirt or on their jersey. Um, and I think one of the most important experiences or exercises or processes that, that, that good coaches go through is they encourage somebody within that leadership council to act, um, you know, to really utilize his or her um, some of his or her unique skills. Um, in any large group, you're going to have to have somebody who will occasionally be a pain in the butt mm-hmm. to a large mass of players and get some people to toe the line because human beings are human beings. We get lazy at times. We Some might come to practice with the wrong uniform. And there's got to be somebody within that organization who's going to get in a person's grill and say, hey, that's not right. You can't do that. You know, somebody's going to have to be the team pain in the butt. You know, conversely, there's going to have to be somebody on the team who's basically the team joker, who will <laughs> crack a joke, who will get people to smile and relax if the atmosphere is too darn tense. Okay. There's, there's going to have to be that guy or that gal uh, in any organization who can break the tension a little bit because we all experience tense moments and identifying that person and empowering that person and letting that person know, Hey, you've got a really important role here. You know, not just your, you know, technical execution in your position, but you've got an emotional role here. You're either going to be the person that sort of 
tightens everybody up or you're going to be the person that loosens everybody up and there's a time and a place for both those people you know um you know good coaches establish those kinds of um leadership groups that specify those various roles there's all this got to be some captain who is really tight with organization logistics the time management Okay, the bags have to be packed by this time. We've got to be at this place at this time. The van rolls out at this time. Somebody's got to be super organized like that. Um, I could probably go on with several other roles, but I think you get the point is that identifying these various needs and specifically giving people the power to execute in these areas makes for a very strong organization. I would 100% agree with you there, Doc. In a previous episode, I had mentioned that I believe that teams need at least two types of leaders in their programs, uh, an on-the-field leader and an off-the-field leader. And whether that role be filled by one individual or by two separate individuals, it really depends on the personalities on the team and the, the needs of the team. And I think the biggest takeaway from what you just explained is that there are even more roles on teams that can be filled, whether it be I got to keep everybody tight I got to keep everybody loose Um, and it's up to coaches to understand the biggest needs of their teams and then identify individuals on their team that can fulfill those roles in personality or in demeanor and empower and encourage them to, to fulfill that role on their teams and influence the, the program and the environment they're in. So doc over all the years of playing sports yourself, uh, state champion wrestler, uh, and all the teams you've, you've helped throughout the years as a consultant and, and sports psychologist and performance enhancer, uh, who are maybe one or two of the greatest team captains that you've experienced firsthand, and what do you think it is that made them so successful? Um. I'll go back to my very first year at West Point, and then I'll jump forward to just last year at West Point. Um, my very first year at West Point, uh, I experienced uh, the team captainship of the lacrosse team in that, that year, uh, a fellow by the name of Adam Silva. Um, he was a defenseman, big fella. Um, he was on the Patriot League's all-decade team for the 1990s. And he was one of the people who took it upon himself to basically be the, uh, you know, the team hard ass, pardon the expression. He knew he had to keep people in line at times, and he embraced that role. He knew it was important. He did it. And he did something else that I think um, really served as a wonderful example to his teammates. He treated every practice with the seriousness and urgency of a game. And yet he treated games with a certain degree of joy and I'm not going to say carelessness, but carefreeness. He didn't take the games too darn seriously to the point where it would tighten him up. He treated the practices like games. He treated the games like practices. And by acting that throughout the 12 months that I knew him, he really gave a strong example. And I think a lot of people realize that, yes, 
the practice, the daily things where we prepare for our moments on the stage in the spotlight, those are the moments where we really needed a degree of seriousness and precision and urgency. And if we do that right, then we can feel relaxed, somewhat relaxed, comfortable, happy, even when we are in the moment and we have to deliver our best because you can't deliver your best if you're too darn tight. And Adam Silva was a wonderful example of how to balance those two priorities um, in a competitive situation. Let me jump forward now to last year, um, to uh, Second Lieutenant Jack Wedholm, who was the captain of, uh, of the wrestling team just a year ago. Um, Jack wrestled for Blair Academy in New Jersey, one of the most highly ranked high school wrestling programs in the country. Uh, he came to uh, the West Point Prep School and wrestled for four years at West Point. And he was never, as I've said before, the number one guy in his weight class. He was able to compete in a lot of open tournaments, um, but he was never a, a national champion or an All-American or an Eastern Intercollegiate Wrestling Association champion. Um, but he was there for each and every wrestler. He took his role very seriously, mentoring the larger group of plebes that came in during his senior year, making sure that they had their class schedules uh, firmly established, making sure that they were all using a planning uh, workbook so that they knew where their free time were. He made sure that they had access to academic tutors. He made sure they had access to the various officer representatives who were faculty support people um, for the wrestling team. He did all the stuff off the mat to make their experience um, more productive and to ultimately help the team move forward. Uh, I can't give that man enough credit. Yeah, yeah. that sounds that awesome. Sounds awesome. <laughs> Two very different uh, perspectives in terms of team leadership. Indeed, um, indeed. Adam, Adam Silva was a dominant player. You know, mm -hmm. Jack Wedholm was not a dominant player in terms of wins and losses and contributing to the team's success actually on the mat. But he did so many things that enabled people behind the scenes. Uh, at the end of the year, Jack Wedholm won the team's award for the individual who best embodied the values of Army wrestling. It's the Carl Arvin Award. Um, and it typically goes to the wrestler who is the most successful, the guy who gets furthest in the national tournament. Uh, but Jack Wedholm won it for all the things that worked and operated successfully behind the scenes. That's really interesting, Doc. Uh, in my last episode with, with Coach Abarisi, he mentioned someone very similar to Wedholm in Alex Gephardt, a member of the 2010 Army Lacrosse team. Uh, he, Alex wasn't a guy who played a lot, and he ended up winning the MVP award for the team that season. And kind of a constant theme that we've seen throughout this conversation is just the diverse roles that leaders can play on their teams and how coaches can empower them to fulfill those roles, not only as on the field guys, but especially off the field guys, someone like Webb Holm and Alex Gephardt that can influence 
everybody's off the field behaviors and can really create a comfortable environment and take care of the little things off the field so that everyone's uh, focus can be on the field. Doc, has there ever been a time when one of the, your players or one of your teams has gone through a time of conflict or adversity and what the program did or what the captain specifically did to lead their teams through that time of adversity and come out even better for it? Um, a time of conflict. Um, certainly, I, I can go back uh, in my years, you know, mentoring teams here. Um, there were there are there have often been moments of uh, disagreement and frustration uh, over lineup decisions, over playing time. Um, yeah, every every cadet athlete wants to get on the field and wants to be you know number one. Uh, and often when they're deprived of that, or when they disagree with the coach's decision to put them on the second string or the third string, or only involve them in a certain role as opposed to, to being a starter. Um, I can think of several captains um, in our women's basketball program over the years who were very good at talking a player down off the ledge. You know? Talking a player who was saying, geez, I, I'm not getting what I came for. I'm not getting the kind of satisfaction that I had when I was playing this sport in high school. Uh, and that captain was very good at saying, look, we still need you. You may not be the number one point guard, but boy, can you help other players become better. And I think getting, getting a player to see that he or she can perform a role that's a little different from the original role that they would have preferred to play, getting them to see the possibility to extend themselves and broaden their understanding of how influential and valuable they can be. That is a great leadership action. If you can convince somebody to continue to be part of a team, even though they're not a star, even though they're not a starter, but if you can help them understand the value that they bring, even in a support role. I've seen some very good captains do that with some players who were, you know, very, very close to just quitting the sport altogether and leaving, leaving the sport experience with a very bad taste. Um, instead, they persevere with the team, they get recognition for this different kind of contribution and they graduate from the academy and they finish their division one sport career very very satisfied knowing that they did uh, that they performed a valuable service yeah doc that that type of conflict i think happens at every program at some at some level or another and it's really interesting because usually you see that kind of issue being discussed uh, directly with the coaching staff where if a if a player believes they're not getting enough playing time and that they don't feel important enough of a role for the team. And that's a great example of how a leader on the team can step up and have much more of an influential experience with another player as opposed to the player working through the, the coaching staff. Um, and there's a quote that we stress at the captain's coach that player-led teams will always outperform 
coach led teams. And I think that that little example that you just explained serves as kind of just a tiny, tiny example of how, how that quote plays out in reality. Of course, Doc, I don't want to take up too much of your time, uh, more than you've already given us. Um, just a couple more questions. My, my first being, what is your definition of leadership? Communicating a vision and generating excitement about it, not just from one's own perspective, but generating the excitement from the perspective of, you know, the subordinates and the players. Awesome. Having so a vision, communicating the vision and then getting generating some buzz about it. You know? yeah, really creating that buy-in. Um, yes. Being able to influence everybody from their own levels as well as from your own. Right. And and that that entails connecting with each individual on the team, connecting to their own purpose for being there in the first place. And that means you got to know a little bit about why everybody came. What are you here for? What do you love about this sport, this profession, this activity? Making sure that you understand what intrigues them or what motivated them in the first place to start and keeping that alive uh, throughout the ups and downs uh, of a season or a campaign or a career. Great insight there, Doc. And you kind of answered my follow-up question to that, which was, what are some of the characteristics that you think can make a great team captain? Um, and from that, I, I pulled that communication and those interpersonal skills cannot be understated. Um, they, they are extremely underrated, but also extremely important if you want to be a successful captain, being able to connect and communicate your vision and understand other people's motivations and in order to generate that buy-in and that buzz and that, that vision that you have for the team is, uh, is of uh, utmost importance. Okay, last question, Doc, before I let you go. What is one or two pieces of advice that you would give coaches or team captains that are looking to inspire leaders in their own program or develop their own leadership skills? Well, I'd start with making sure that you're developing your own mental toughness skills, okay? If, if you want to make somebody else better, if you want to make somebody else a leader, well, make sure you're modeling it in the first place. Make sure, make sure you are the guy, the gal, the individual that you indeed would want to follow. Um, one of my favorite quotes about leadership is, be the person that your dog thinks you are. Now roll that one over. You, know? <laughs> you, you can have the worst day in your life, but you come home at the end of the day, and there's your dog waiting for you, and that dog is so happy to see you. That dog thinks you are the greatest being on the planet. How about acting that way? How about being the person that your dog with your dog's limited canine brain capability actually thinks you are? Are you being that person? Are you a person that you would want to follow? And that takes a little soul searching. That takes some honesty. But being able, being willing to do that reflection, being that honest with yourself 
man, I think that that that's the biggest piece of advice I give anybody. That's great, Doc. I love that quote. Be the person that your dog thinks you are. I love it. Um, it it goes right in hand with the first tenet of leadership that we stress at the captain's coach, which is everything rises and falls with leadership. And and as a leader, everything rises and falls with your leadership. Um, and kind of goes in as well with uh, one of our other tenants, which is uh, leadership is a service and, and that you need to lead by example and lead by example, not for you, but for others on your team, be a servant leader, be that, be that leader that those can look up to and your team can lean on uh, when they need to. Um, again, Doc, thanks for coming on the show. Loved having you. Hopefully we can do this again another time in the future. Um, Dr. Nate Zinzer, thanks again. Well, uh, thank you for the opportunity. I love what you are doing. And if there's opportunities to explore uh, specific topics in the future, I would love to do it. Thanks again. And best wishes to you and all your listeners. Thanks for listening to the Captain's Coach Podcast with Luke Poulet. If you liked what you just heard, please give us a five-star review on iTunes and check out our website at captainscoach.com. Join us next time for another edition of the Captain's Coach Podcast.